0: Welcome back to the Outside the Box podcast. It's episode number 171. KB rocking with you for a very fun, awesome, different type of show this week. Uh, But we are going to get set for Atlanta weekend of the Premier Lacrosse League. We're going to do our picks. We're going to get into uh, just everything that's going on in the league right now. And we've got a special guest joining us you saw him kind of uh, pop up on social media when RJ handed him a bunch of swag. He drove 16 hours from Michigan to Massachusetts, and that's my man DJ, our new pal here at OTB. What's going on, man? Welcome to the show.
1: Dude, I'm so happy to be here. Huge fan of OTB I found out about you guys last week, and uh, the Premier Lacrosse has been absolutely amazing to me since it's started up two years ago.
0: It has been a wild ride. We're going to get into your your trek from, uh, from Michigan out to Massachusetts. We're going to dive into these games. Harrison won't be on this episode, but he'll be back next week for our recap show. But before we get started, got to give a shout out to the homies who make this podcast possible. Our friends at Tomahawk Shades doing the damn thing. You guys know. The company's owned by Chris Hogan, who's making his debut in the PLL this weekend, and the legend himself, Kyle Harrison. They got the best sunglasses and blue light glasses in the game. The summertime is here. You got to protect those eyes when you're outside, going to these PLL weekends, watching the games on TV. You got to throw the blue lights on. So go to tomahawkshades.com right now. Fill up your cart for the summer. And when you go to checkout, use our code USP. You get 25% off your order at checkout. That's 25% off at tomahawkshades.com. Promo code USP. And it is the summer of stateside. Our friends at stateside vodka, you guys know they dropped the vodka sodas a couple weeks ago, and everybody is raving about them. Go to statesidevodka.com, get the vodka sodas. And if you want to support the boys, you can get the one liter bottles of stateside vodka, put them into your cart, use our code USP for 10% off those bad boys. And of course, you guys got to be 21 or older to purchase, so none of you youngins that listen to the show. And of course, please drink responsibly. And our newest sponsor, brewed and made locally in Philadelphia, our friends at Kenwood Beer. They're doing the damn thing the right way. Why would you go to these big name corporate fat cats for your local light lager when you can get it right in your backyard with our friends at Kenwood Beer? They got the Kenny Tracker on their website so you can see who has Kenwood on tap and where you can get your Kenwood beer this summer. Shout out to Kenwood for hopping on board with us here at Underground Sports Philadelphia. DJ, let's get into your story first before we even dive into this weekend. So you drove 16 hours from Michigan to Boston. Take me through, one, the decision to drive, and two, what made it so important to you to be in Boston for opening weekend of 2021 PLL action?
1: So I guess I should start off with saying that I just graduated. Uh, by Congrats. Congrats majoring college thank you um one of my friends actually was like yo dude like you know graduating college is a huge accomplishment like I I want to do something for you like I'll pay for a trip wherever you want to go I was like well the pll has got you know he's like well what are the tickets like I was like I don't think they're that expensive he looked and they're like oh they're like 40 bucks a pop per game so I'll buy the tickets I'll get the rental and and you know I'll I'll pay for the hotel and all our food you just got to drive there because I don't know how to drive and I was like that's a long drive, but, I mean, if I don't have to pay anything, I'm more than willing to drive, you know, 16 hours to see the greatest across players ever play, play the game.
0: That is incredible. Uh, that's one hell of a friend, too, getting all that oh, set up. And that's awesome.
1: A hundred percent. Like, you know, when I get to the top, he'll be right next to me the entire time. He's always supported me my entire life, and, you know, he's always made sure to celebrate me when I do do good things and honestly we were thinking about flying but we were looking at flights and then also having to get a car or uber everywhere once we were in boston so it was a lot cheaper to just go ahead and get a rental car here at home and drive the whole way
0: so obviously you talked to rj you you've got the man cave and everything going on i gotta ask do you have a favorite team or are you just a fan of the league in general
1: i see uh you didn't do too much research uh you scroll down my page a little bit on twitter it is full of retweeted redwood stuff there we go their page on uh notification uh their tweet notifications on so every time they tweet i'm notified immediately and nine times and 95 percent of the time i'm gonna like and retweet pretty much everything they post
0: so what got you into the sport of lacrosse was it just when the pll Started going, were you a fan of the MLL? Do you dive into the indoor game? What got you interested in the sport as a whole?
1: So, background, I am a longtime basketball player. I played basketball for 15 years. And then um, in high school, I actually was cut from the basketball team. I kind of was lost for a while. I was trying to find other opportunities to play basketball. And I had a few friends that were playing lacrosse. And they were like, dude, just come play lacrosse. Come play lacrosse. It's not that bad. Very similar to basketball. Like, you'll like it. I blew them off for two years in high school. And then my junior year, I eventually, I just was like, yo, like, I'll give it a try. Like These dudes have been bothering me for two years. Like, sports got to be somewhat cool. Completely fell in love from the first time I picked up a stick. And I've been playing ever since. I uh, played two years in high school for Kalamazoo United here in Kalamazoo, Michigan. And then I played another four years at Adrian College. Um, I, was, I played anything from face-off, short stick D-mid. I did a little bit of O-mid but I mostly played uh, LSM and, and close D um, I didn't watch too much uh, box until I got to college when I had some, some teammates from Canada and they were telling me about the game. But um, I think the one game that really sticks with me, that got me super into lacrosse was watching uh, miles Jones and Sergio Perkovic play against each other when they were at Duke and Notre Dame. And then, you know, Sergio went and played against Denver and had five goals in fourth quarter. And, um, then that twenty sixteen national championship with um, North Carolina and Maryland, where Chris Coulier scored the game winning overtime goal on Kyle Burnlore Like those are the games that got me into it. My friends were like, Yo, play. I saw Miles Jones and Miles Jones is easily my best player or my favorite player, considering, you know, that's pretty much the first guy I saw play lacrosse.
0: And he's a specimen to watch live, and you can attest to that. Like he is oh. unbelievable
1: unbelievable i was sitting corner end zone um on friday night when he went airborne and it literally was right in front of me and it, it was insane
0: seeing that play happen from the press box because we were up in the box and when i saw him take flight i was like there's no way he's doing this and then he does it and i see the clip that the league puts out and i was like he's he's just on another level like what he does in terms of just how quick of a decision-maker he is playing the midfield position is unbelievable.
1: Oh, it, it, and it opens up so more, so much for not only just the offense in general, but that that midfield line that they're running with Jules Hennenberg and um, Sergio Perkovic, I mean, it, you got to pick your, your choice there. Like, who's going to beat you? You can't leave Jules on an island to dodge, but you can't slide too quickly from Sergio or Miles Jones either. So for them to be as dominant as they are on that line, it's it's making defenses really think how they're going to play. Him.
0: Yeah, and I mean, we got a chance to talk to Coach Nat St. Laurent. He's a friend of the show uh, in one of the press conferences. And somebody said, you know, how do you kind of, you know, approach them putting a poll on Jules or whatever? He's like, they, Jules has had a poll on him in his, his entire career. So if they want to keep doing that, we'll gladly take that invitation.
1: Yeah, exactly. You know, that's one of the the conversations I have with my buddies. I was like, you know, who do you pull? You can't really pull Jules because he's an attackman that that got converted to midfield. That's easy money. But if you pull, you know, Miles Jones or Sergio Perkovic, that just opens it up for one of the other two to dodge on a shorty. It's just like, what are you going to do? Put a shorty on an attackman? have yeah. fun with
0: that have fun <laughs> uh what are your thoughts on Jules moving to midfield cuz i think there's been a lot of obviously before last week's games there was a lot of like i wonder how this is going to work out and then you see him go just be Jules and it looks like he's unlocked another level of his game in the midfield i'm a big fan of it cuz i think he works perfectly with miles and sergio on that line what were your initial thoughts and then after seeing him play midfield live uh how do you think it's going to work out this season
1: so honestly, before the season even started, once I saw it, we picked up you know, Rob Pinnell, Ryan Lee, and all those guys. I was like, first things first, Jules Henningberg is getting moved up top, and he's going to be on that first line. Like I just saw it coming. I knew it was going to be perfect, because when you can move an attackman up to midfield, they pretty much have to pull him, which means you're leaving a shorty for Sergio and Miles Jones to work against all day. And then if you really can get creative, which they kind of have been, they've been running some two games with Miles and Serge. And switching picks with two shorties on the two guys that can shoot or dodge its kind of tough. I, I think moving forward, we may see that line stay, but we also will see Jules kind of switch with either Matt or Ryder and um, get some runs at attack as well just to, to mix things up.
0: And from a just team completeness standpoint, I know you had to be thrilled when that number four overall pick came through and it was TD Ireland coming to the Redwoods. What'd you make of watching him live uh, make his debut and everything had the gash on his leg and he just came out like he was a seasoned vet.
1: I just want to say I am a diehard Redwoods fan, but, but, but had they chose to not pick a faceoff guy, I probably would have been a water dogs or a cannons guy this year. Um, but I was extremely happy when they picked up TD erlen and then followed behind with Charlie from uh, Notre Dame as well, two very great faceoff guys to come in and battle and, and win faceoffs for us. TD came in on Friday night and had the game of his life. I mean, yeah, he lost the last game of his college career, not losing a single face-off in the second half, but just to come in on the next level and be so dominant right away, was it was unbelievable to see.
0: Yeah, he was he looked like he had been playing by these rules for a decade. And I I know he obviously has that added benefit of working with former Redwood and all-time great Greg Gorenlian, but he just looked unbelievable. And I don't know, I know Beast was tweeting about, you know, how the the refs are kind of letting guys clamp up on the plastic on the the heads at the face-off right now, kind of tweaking with the rules. But if TD can just produce the way he did in Boston – the Redwoods might be one of the top three most complete teams in the league.
1: Top three? I mean, I only see one other team that could really compete, and it's the Whip Snakes. I mean, that's really the matchup everybody's waiting to see. We want to see what TD can do against the king, Joseph Nardella. I mean, sure, you know, Trevor Baptiste give him a run for his money, but I think that's going to be the matchup everybody's looking to watch. If TD has a good game against Nardella, the Redwoods are going to run away with
0: it. Yeah, I, I totally want that matchup to happen because I feel like that's the the hump that the Redwoods are looking to get over, and that's the hump the entire league's looking to get over. But after watching and sure they were playing against Atlas, that Archer's team looks dirty.
1: That offense is insane. I had goosebumps the entire time watching their offense play. I mean – Will Manny, you got, you know, Marcus Holman, Connor. First off, putting Connor Fields at team was unreal. I love that the chaos took Ian McKay and has turned him into a Swiss Army knife. That is amazing that he's going to play defense, offense, whatever they need for him. But to trade Connor Fields for him and basically give the Archers a Redwoods-type offense, you know, because they've been running Connor up top at mid, it just opens up so many things for that offense.
0: And I don't think... We're talking about that Archer's defense nearly enough. The additions of Graham Hasek and Warren Jeffrey and Jackson Place being healthy now, I think that defense complements their offense so well. You had Latrell Harris in there as well. I was was thoroughly impressed with that Archer's team.
1: Don't miss out on those D-mids. The the Archer's D-mids were the best ones of the weekend. Easily. You know, I think two out of the three of them scored – and they didn't give up much from uh, the midfield in defensively anyway. Like Their short-stick D-mids easily took the hard hat award for the weekend.
0: Yeah, they looked like a well-oiled machine. I had flashbacks of the first overall pick game in Philly in 2019 watching them play against that Atlas squad. I just – and this is no knock on Bones Kelly. He's a, an animal at face-off. I just daydream about, like, could you imagine if Trevor Baptiste was on that Archers team?
1: I mean, you know, you even put Connor Farrell on that Archers team. You're talking about that team possibly overtaking the Redwoods as the second-best team in in the league.
0: Yeah, I I think Whipsnakes, Redwoods, Archers, you can put them in whatever order you want to. Obviously, everyone's going to put Whipsnakes at number one because they're the two-time defending champs, and until you knock off the champs, they're number one. I think those three teams right now are kind of in their own echelon to start the year, and then you got a couple teams that I think are playoff ready, and we talked about this last episode. Cannons and Chrome, obviously Chrome suffering that big injury with Jordan Wolf. We'll see if he bounces back. I know he's not playing this weekend, but I think those two teams are in the conversation of being like playoff ready teams, but they still need to figure out some things to be consistent where – they're not falling off at different points in the game. Yeah,
1: I mean, you know, if we want to talk about, you know, teams that aren't quite playoff ready, you know, you got the, the the Chrome now. They're going to be in a tough spot without the two attackmen now. Jordan Wolf, being Gaudette. Obviously, we don't know what's really going on with Godet, but, I mean, I don't know if he can play without a fingertip. <laughs> right. And then, you know, looking over at um, the chaos as well, they have the best, you know, goalie in the league, but their offense – is really lacking without Connor Fields.
0: Sometimes we all just need to wind down after a long day of enjoying our favorite sports teams, go to work. And with the rise of streaming platforms, new TV shows and movies are popping up every single week, and it might be overwhelming not knowing exactly what to watch. Well, that's where streamer season comes in. The exclusive streaming platform discussion podcast for tv and movies on the underground sports philadelphia podcast network join me kb and a plethora of our hosts right here at usp breaking down all the new tv and movies that you guys should be watching across all the various streaming platforms that are available to the masses catch us on streamer season wherever you get your podcasts Yeah, and I mean, they're missing Curtis Dixon right now due to the the unavailable to travel list. Miles Thompson isn't playing for them. That's two of their their three attackmen that were playing in the championship game last year. And sure, you added Westberg and everything, but it's going to take time for them to... I think Chaos is such an interesting team because they've had so much talent over the last three years, but they just don't have a full-on identity like they did in 2019, the last two seasons now. They've been trying to like recreate like the magic that they had in 2019 where everything was rolling, you had the Bomb Squad moniker and everything, and they've just kind of like lost that and I think now they're just trying to reinvent the wheel and figure out what type of team they want to be, and I don't know if they're even close to sniffing a playoff spot right now.
1: Yeah, I think they're going to be in that battle for the the losers bracket for that top the the number 1 A draft pick, and I only say that because they, like you said, they haven't figured out their identity, and I think their identity is going to be defensively. You have to rally around two-time goaltender of the year, Blaze Reardon. I mean, there's a reason why he's, you know, one goalie of the year two times in a row. The defense has to be better, you know. Give yeah, the Whip Snakes are great, but you know they gave up what was it like 18, 19 Mm -hmm. week one? That's not going to be good enough ever.
0: Yeah, I think. Chaos and the Water Dogs are the two teams that are still trying to figure themselves out. Cannons, though, I think they're gonna shock a lot of people. And I think it's gonna start this week, and I think they have a real legit chance to like they I don't think they'll win because they are playing the whip snakes, but I think the Cannons team, a lot of people were kind of like jaws on the ground watching Paul Rabel play and watching how well he fits into that Virginia offense they're running. I think the pieces that they have they're playing with a chip on their shoulder and they're going to go out there and give it all they got every single weekend.
1: Well, and and it definitely helps having, you know, arguably the best player to ever play lacrosse on your team and Lyle Thompson. And he's getting, you know, he's obviously getting a little extra help from the creator and how much, you know, he values um, that part of the game and, you know, adding Paul Rabel to that and then looking over defensively, uh mr mr jack kilty has come in and just been a all-star for that defense to help you know leader brody merrill when you have a defense like that with an offense that can score you're gonna shock a lot of people and you can make it very far i got them squeezing in at the four spot for the playoff right now
0: yeah i mean i was i was impressed with how tough they played the redwoods and it was that was arguably game of the weekend was opening night but I think that cannons team gained a lot of respect from a lot of people last weekend and going into this weekend. I know everybody's going to be talking, you know, they're taking whip snakes, whip snakes, whip snakes, but I wouldn't sleep on the cannons, making it a a close game. I think the way that that team is playing with each other and for each other is uh, a lot of fun to watch. And I'm excited to see how they kind of progress throughout the rest of the season. Um, your your Twitter bio though talks about how you want to be an aspiring PLL color analyst. You know what? Uh, what made you want to kind of dive into like the broadcast game, and what kind of intrigues you about that avenue of the game?
1: So this actually goes all the way back to elementary. Um, I realized very early on that guys like Skip Bayless and Stephen A. were getting paid hundreds of thousands, millions of dollars to do what I do with my friends every day. Right, and debate sports. So why not get paid for it? So I decided a long time ago I was going to become, you know, a broadcaster of some sort, spent some time at Adrian college with uh, ACTV, Adrian college television. We streamed all our sporting events. Um, and I did a lot of stuff with hockey, basketball, volleyball. Uh, I did women's lacrosse because obviously I was playing myself. Um, and I just did, you know, a very a variety of sports. And then, you know, I've been recently rethinking. I always wanted to work for ESPN and I was, you know, looking at, the way they've been traveling and progressing in a few years, I don't think it's going to be enough for me anymore. And just with the the trend of the PLL, it's only going to get bigger and bigger. And it's eventually going to become that quote unquote fifth big sport that the U S has been waiting on. And, you know, it's going to settle down in the cities and they're going to need color color analysts. And I already know so much about the game and it's already changing and so different than the MLL and the LL and, Every other field lacrosse that we see, I would just love to be a part of growing the game, and, and the PLL seems like the perfect way to do so.
0: And it also says you're an aspiring UFC public address announcer. I'm curious. I, I need to know this background too. What what uh What about the UFC uh, piques your interest?
1: Well, it, it's much like uh, lacrosse when they go out to battle. That's the only thing that matters. It's more than you know, just a fight. It's you know. Um, you know, you're playing in celebratory of, of the creator, kind of, you know, you're fighting because, you know, the the above gave them the opportunity to fight and they have a lot of passion for that, but also, I mean, let's be honest here, I wanted the free worldwide travel, the millions of dollars for only working one Saturday night, you know, seeing fights up close for free, like you can't beat the birds that come to the UFC.
0: Absolutely, and I think they, the way that they came up as a An operation, I think, paved the way for something like the PLL to be able to do what they're doing and kind of, you know, taking it to another level. And this is my next one for you. What do you think about the PLL that's different from the major four sports? You know, what do you think they do so well that puts the the game on display for people? And it's like, oh, I want to check this out.
1: Well, the first thing was taking out the 20 yards in the center of the field and making it a little bit faster. People don't like to, you know, sit around and watch. That was the thing with you know, the delayed shot clock and having three-minute possessions. People would just thought it was boring. So for them to take out the 20 the 20 yards in the middle of the field and make it shorter so that everything is so quick, it, it, it grew the game so much in just, you know, a year, two years. People were like, wow, this game is awesome. People can hit people. They can hit them with sticks. They can just run we've never seen anything like it before um you know it's stuff like that and then rj is absolutely phenomenal just his interactions with the crowd and making everyone want to talk to him it seems like wanting to talk to him and being on the vlog is more important than the actual game at some point right you know so that that's a very big key uh, key thing as well you know you go to nba games and the guy that's five rows up doesn't get a t-shirt or you know doesn't get called out by you know, the crowd guy, he's just there watching the game. But the fact that they seem to make every fan feel important is, is so, that's kind of the key thing that's taking this league to the next level. And the only thing that I say really push the league over the top is to um, make a video game. Like, yeah, we have Casey Powell, but it's just not this game. We got to get, you know, a video game that runs like NHL or like Madden that looks great and people can just pick it up and play and we got to get on TV more. The fact that, you know, we're on Peacock, NBC, NBC Sports Network, all of that is great. We got to continue to get on TV, you know, cable TV so that the random person can just scroll through channels and pop up on, you know, lacrosse game. like, whoa, what's this? the get in the
0: whole podcast hosted by steve mcavoy and john Mavalia. be sure to follow us on twitter at get in the Whole pod and be on the lookout for a ton of great content keeping you up to date on the world of golf releasing weekly a part of the underground sports philadelphia family of podcasts wherever you listen to your favorite shows I'm so happy you're on board with us because our number one listen to episode, the title is we need a lacrosse video game. And we have been, we have been on board with trying to get a lacrosse video game into the ears of somebody, whether it's the people at 2k, whether it's the people at EA, whether it's, you know, the, the guys that make MLB the show, like you are, it is imperative that this sport gets a, a video game because the, the amount of things that you can do with the sport, whether it's a career mode and you choose the path of like, okay, I want to go to the NLL. I want to play in the PLL. I want to play both. Like there's endless possibilities that you can do with a lacrosse video game. And I think it is the number one thing waiting to be unlocked that will set this sport. It'll send it to the moon.
1: Oh, a hundred percent. And, and I think it probably won't come until, uh, after, you know, 2028 20, when lacrosse is in the Olympics, which is also another big thing. The fact that, you know, we're coming back to the Olympics and people are going to be able to see that worldwide is, is also huge as well.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm super excited that that seems to be the direction we're trending in. And, you know, we talked about a couple episodes ago with lacrosse sixes and everything. And I think it is, I know it's a controversial topic because it's like, okay, you're marketing a different style of the game again. But I think it's going to be huge in terms of just like, guys who aren't on a PLL roster getting an opportunity to go play for their country or whatever it may be. Um, So I'm, I'm super excited with the way the sport is trending. I'm glad you are on board with us with needing a lacrosse video game, because it is once that comes like we, it will be selling units that will just blow things out of proportion that I don't think any video game company will expect.
1: Oh, 100%. The video game company that takes the lacrosse game and actually makes it and, and puts it out into the world, revolutionizes it, will be the company that the absolute most money and most merit when it comes to making video games. That video game is going to just blow their company completely.
0: So as a fan, what do you make of the... I guess for lack of a better term, like you could say like the overexposure of guys on social media using it as a way to highlight every single player in the league and seeing guys that were, you know, with the PLL to start. And then you got guys coming over from the MLL the last two years. What do you make of like kind of getting a peek behind that wall and seeing what these guys are all about with the way the PLL markets everybody using their own personal social media accounts?
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, obviously personal social media always helps, you know, with with spreading the word of whatever you want, but, you know, just comparing it to other leagues, you know, you can see, you know, LeBron James or Tom Brady or whatever on social media, but you don't get to see the vlog portion that we get with the PLL. We get legit behind the scenes stuff that you don't get with other leagues. Sure, you get, you know, under the helmet or, you know, they might not go to commercial and they might peek in on a huddle, but... Just the, the raw footage that we get from training camps and from practices and in between plays, it's just it's it's that part that draws the fans in.
0: One hundred percent. And going back to, you know, you wanting to be an aspiring like color analyst, if you had your, your pick, you're the say you get named the next color analyst for the PLO, who would you want your running mate doing the play by play with you in the booth?
1: Um, wow. Uh, that's a, that's a, honestly a great question. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I don't it, like, no offense, but I don't want to say like Paul Carcaterra or Anish cause like, I mean, we hear them every time across the right. on. like why I want to be an analyst. We need to get, you know, more people out there. Um, but I honestly, maybe my teammate, uh, Liam Reed, he, uh, he was a freshman this past year at Adrian College. We did all the women's games together, um, and he was awesome. I mean, when when I would walk into the booth, he'd be like, "Yo, DJ, I did my uh, I did my my uh, research for today," and he's got like three or four pages of notes, and it's got like every player's shooting percentage, how many ground balls the team has as the total. Like, he's just got all the oddball facts, and he's just he was an awesome uh, color guy, and I mean, he was also great at play by play as well, just breaking down the play and where they were on the field.
0: And I think that's the thing too, whether it's, you know, being in the booth doing play-by-play color analysis, whether it's, you know, a podcast, you need that chemistry with your running mate, whoever it may be. And that's the important part. Like you ask somebody, it's like, Oh, I want to be in the booth with like this superstar broadcaster. It's like, well, do you think you'd have chemistry with that person? You you kind of have to be able to bounce off of each other and create a dynamic that, not only you're comfortable with, but it, your audience is going to be like, oh, wow, these guys, like, it, it creates that image, like, you know this person even outside of the booth.
1: Exactly, and that's very important because then it, it, it also brings in the audience. They feel more welcome. And they feel more like at the game than they're watching at home because you're making it so enjoyable and you're, you're almost bringing the game to life with your personality.
0: Absolutely, 100%. And uh, with that, I think let's let's bring some of these games to life and dive into this week two schedule. As we're recording this Friday afternoon, we've got a game tonight. Two zero and one teams, DJ Chaos and Water Dogs. Two teams, kind of like we said earlier, looking to find their identity. What are you taking away from this game, and who do you think uh, is bringing home win number one of the season down in Atlanta?
1: Um, uh, this one's a tough one. Um, obviously both teams are having. Uh, they're they're having some identity trouble very early in the season. Not you know shifting people around and trying to decide uh, what they're going to do after losing people. Because I mean, if we look at the chaos, obviously you know they're losing you know they don't have Curtis Dixon and a couple other their attackmen. Um, and then you look at the Water Dogs and almost every player they put up for the expansion draft got taken. So they're you know pretty much starting from square one. And with Michael Sowers going down last week with that hit to the head. Um, hope he's doing better now and, and we'll be back soon, but I think that's going to take a huge toll on their offense and how well they're going to work, and I think it's going to come down to Josh Byrne and Wes Bird's just just having a day on the other end, and uh, I think the chaos is going to win about by, by like three or four, and uh, Blaze is going to have a good game as well.
0: Theater can simply be defined as someone performing something for someone else. Theater also refers to the space designated for said performance. The term theater can also describe the process in which live performances are created. Acting, directing, producing, designing, all fall under this umbrella of theater. But to a kid in high school, theater can mean so much more. Join us as we draw back the curtain and reveal what I like to call the magic behind the magic. This
1: is Curtain Talk.
0: Yeah, I'm with you. I, I like chaos in this game simply because they've got guys like Josh Byrne and Westberg who can just score at will. I think Dane Smith keeps it rolling. Um, and I think we see this chaos offense be more consistent for the entirety of four quarters rather than just a second half. Uh, plus, you know, they're going to want to go at their former teammate, Dylan Ward and Cage for the Water Dogs. I'm sure those guys want to light him up, and I'm sure Dylan Ward wants to shut them down, and it's going to be a matter of who uh, who wins that battle, but I, I like chaos tonight, and I also like the over, you know, using uh, some gambling stuff. Obviously, DraftKings, not a sponsor of our podcast, but that's where you get the PLL lines. Um, it's an over 20 and a half. I'll, I'll take that all day. I think these teams are going to score some goals tonight.
1: Ooh, I, I might go, I, I might disagree with you there and go on the under. And I only say that because I think. Blaze Reardon is just going to have himself a game, and and strictly because you know he he got eighteen or nineteen dropped on him last week, that's unheard of for Blaze. He never gets dropped on him.
0: Yeah, that's a that's a fair point. Um, I don't know. I I think the reason I'm going with the over is until they prove me different, I need to see more from that chaos defense. They've been very inconsistent dating back to the bubble. I need to see more from our guy Jared Newman. He needs to to step it up and uh, really be the anchor of that defense. And until then, I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with the over. Um, but I like chaos to win this game, and I, I like that goal margin, whether it's like three or four uh, over the Water Dogs. We're getting the debut of Michael Krause tonight too for the Water Dogs, which should be very fun. Um, Whip Snakes and Cannons, 12 o'clock p.m. Eastern time on Saturday. I said it was going to be close. I think it will be a, a very entertaining game, but obviously, until until somebody proves us wrong, as fans, as people who talk about this league, the Whip Snakes haven't lost a, a a game that mattered or counted against their record in almost two years. So I got to go with the Whip Snakes.
1: Yeah, I mean it's it's extremely hard to go against them. I mean, King Matt Rambo, Zed Williams. Uh, Jay, Jay Carlson, and that's just the offense. You know, they got Matt Dunn. They picked up Nick Grill. They still got Kyle Burnmore. They got Joseph Nardella. It, it's hard to go against the Whipsnakes. But Like you said, it's going to be a close game. And, and it's because of how hard the cannons play. They're, they're looking at all this stuff on social media, looking at all the, the lines on, on DraftKings and all that, and seeing how they're just severe underdogs. No way are they going to – just go for that. You know, they're going to come out and they're going to extremely hard. And I think it's going to be a, a five goal or less
0: game. Yeah. I think it's going to come down to that fourth quarter and whether or not this cannons team ends up getting gassed or, you know, can they stick with it? But I think they're going to, they're going to play them tough and it's going to be a lot. And there's a lot of guys on that cannons team that have uh, some vendettas against the snakes. You got Ryan Drenner who left unprotected after winning a championship with them in 2019, Obviously, Paul Rabel coming over from Atlas with the uh, the Hopkins-Maryland rivalry. There's there's some uh, animosity, I'd say, and we could see a formation of a potential new rivalry between these two, but I think the Whipsnakes take this one uh, and send Cannon's packing uh, at one and two. Redwoods-Atlas, this one, I mean, the way the Redwoods have been playing, it's going to be tough to pick against them, but the way Atlas played last week, In Boston, they just looked like uh, a chicken with their head cut off. It it was very upsetting to watch some of those guys on that Atlas team that you know are better than what they played like, but uh, I think the Redwoods are going to blow the doors off of them.
1: Well, obviously, as a Redwoods fan, I want to say they are going to beat them by like 25 and not anything, but we cannot forget – that the jersey I was wearing last week is still very prolific. I mean, that was the jersey I was wearing in the video when RJ gave me the stick. Trevor Baptiste is not one to forget about. Right, he has against TD, it could be a a three- to four-goal game that the Archers may even squeeze out because they're just getting more possessions.
0: Here's my reasoning. It's a Rob Pinnell revenge game.
1: Ooh, now that... Is intriguing
0: it's an rp3 first time seeing this atlas team since the trade i think rp3 is going to continue rolling and uh just build upon his his league leading and in, in points and i think we're going to see another vintage rob pinnell game against this atlas team saturday afternoon
1: yeah i think rob pinnell puts up uh five and three on saturday against the Atlas. he's going to have a you know, I I want to give Trevor Baptiste the the benefit of the doubt, but I think the Redwoods just have too much, and they're going to end up winning by six or seven.
0: Yeah, I am intrigued for that TD versus Trevor matchup, just because TD's going to get the gauntlet this year of just going up against the best of the best, and we're going to see how he performs. And Trevor looks like he's back in 2019 form. So that matchup's going to be very intriguing. Um, but I think my key to that game is, is Rob Pinnell just – going absolutely nuclear um and then sunday we get chrome against the water dogs so the water dogs are one of the two teams with the double header this week both teams oh and one as of right now um chrome obviously suffering some of those injuries last week in boston the water dogs don't have michael sowers we don't know exactly what their lineup will be on sunday just because of the uh, reserve roster guys that they have so when that rolls around we'll we'll tweet some things but uh, I like the way that Chrome team was playing against the Redwoods last week on Sunday. I think they have a lot of firepower. I think if if they can get Justin Gutterding more involved, uh, didn't really hear his name too much uh, last week, but if he can get more involved in the offense and we see some vintage gutty, I think Chrome can walk away with a win in this game. I think it's going to be uh, a Chrome win, mostly... Due to the fact that like they're a scrappy, tough defensive team and the Water Dogs are still looking for that identity.
1: I mean, they're extremely scrappy and extremely tough. I mean, just look at the way Joel White plays. I mean, in between the lines, whether it's side to side or it's or it's, or it's the long way, nobody's gonna outwork that guy. He's easily one of the hardest working guys out there. And then Connor Farrell is always gonna do his thing at the X. I think we're going to see Justin Gutterding move back down to attack to replace Jordan Wolf, and we are going to hear more about him. He isn't going to be running, the field. And, you know he's going to have a couple goals. And, and McCrone escapes like a two or three goal win this weekend.
0: Yeah, I'm a big fan of that outcome. I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be an entertaining game. I think this is, you know, a tough stretch for the Water Dogs where they get the uh, the draw of playing against Cannons, and then they get a doubleheader weekend against two teams scrapping and, and hungry for a win. Um, but I, I think it'll be a, a good learning experience for them, and they're going to figure some things out this weekend that'll improve uh, the the rest of their season outcome for sure. And then we get the uh, the final game, Chaos Archers, the Connor Fields revenge game.
1: I do just want to say that that last game is going to be the game of the
0: weekend. It's 100%. It's
1: going to be much like that Friday opener. Um, And I just want to say after that Friday opener Also said this season is going to be electric You can't have an opening game Like that and everything else doesn't follow Behind
0: I totally agree I I think this game has game of the week written All over it Um, It it, The storyline is going to be Connor Fields playing against Chaos and It's going to be Dragged out probably more than we Expect but I'm excited to watch this game. I think it's going to be offensively heavy. I think they're going to try to, you know, go at each other big time. I just think right now it's going to, you know, we're talking about the offense. I think right now Archer's defense is leaps and bounds better than Chaos as a unit, and that's what's going to determine the outcome. I think the Archers win this one, improve to two and zero, uh, and take the the second game of Chaos's doubleheader out of
1: their reach. Yeah, I hope, I really, really, really hope Andy Towers listens to me right now. bad as an idea. It's sound. You cannot pull Connor Fields. If you put Ian McKay against Connor Fields, Connor Fields will have a literal field day, no pun intended. Um, it's just, it, it, it won't be fair. You got to put a short stick on him and, and try and drop him inside or something like that because Ian McKay just won't be able to do enough to
0: stop this crafty of a guy who kind of huge. Yeah, I, I 100% agree with that. And I think one other thing that, like, we talked about this on our last episode with Chaos, like, their faceoff guy, he's a legend. Max Adler is one of the best to ever do it, but he's getting accustomed to these PLL rules, and I think it's going to just take some time for him to, you know, tweak his game to fit the PLL style and going up against a guy like Bones Kelly in this in this matchup, he's going to have to be on his A game and, and know exactly, you know, when to clamp, when to go after those ground balls. And uh, I think these early games for Max Adler are going to be, you know, some growing pains for him.
1: Yeah, 100%. I was expecting him to come out and have a much better debut. But, you know, he was going against Joseph Cardell. I was expecting to a little bit of a fight, but he just, you know, he looked out of It, it didn't look like he completely understood the differences between the PLL and the MLL, but once he does, he will he will definitely be in that top two, three, four faceoff guys in the league consistently, um, and, and that's going to be a big part of this game is how well he can come out and bounce back from that game against Joseph Nardella. Can he just you know leave it where it is in the past and move forward, or is, is it going to get in his head after you know he loses a faceoff or two? We have the Archers winning this one probably pretty big by like six or seven.
0: Yeah, and uh, the, the betting lines, they have archers as two and a half goal favorites on DraftKings. The over-under is 24 and a half. I, I like the archers by winning by at least three. I, I think that's a, a no-brainer, easy money right there.
1: Oh, 100%. I mean, just with the way Connor Fields has been playing, I mean, he started his year with a two-bomb through the wickets from, you know, three or four yards behind the archers. Ready to go, and they be playing his old squad that traded him for a do-it-all Swiss Army knife that they just decided, you know, a week ago was going to be like that. He's got to have some animosity build up, and it's going to be a fun game.
0: We brought this up on our last episode, and I'll ask you: if Connor Fields hits another two bomb against Chaos, does that mean he gets a two bomb sticker for his for his uh, for his mask?
1: I hope so. He be better get <laughs> one. If you ask me, he should have got one after the first one. The I cable. agree. He, he shot that one from the parking lot. Like, it was insane. Like, he's, he's a two bomb guy, 100%. I mean, honestly, looking at any guy in the league, you can't not give a guy a two bomb sticker. I mean, if any one of those guys is running at me from 15 yards away, I'm choking up his goalie.
0: Oh, 100%. And were you surprised by the lack of even just two bomb attempts in Boston? Cause I felt like there was, there wasn't as many as we saw uh, in the bubble or in 2019. I, I thought there was kind of a, a downswing in two bomb attempts. Well
1: so I, I wasn't disappointed because me being an LSM and a D guy, I, I credit it to the defense. I mean, defenses mm-hmm. are after two years of seeing that, that 15 yards is is a little closer than it really looks. And guys are able to knock it down consistently they're pressing up and they're pushing out far to, to take that two-point opportunity away.
0: Yeah, I, I, I totally agree. And I think the, the interesting thing I think we're going to take away from this season is seeing how many guys who came over from the MLO decide to start saying, Oh, I'm going to add the two bomb to my repertoire because of how much closer it is than it was in the MLL."
1: Exactly. I mean, I, I, I don't, see it taking too long you know like uh, we might even see in the in the man up for the cannons lyle thompson move up top and get that skip pass from down low and just rifle one from behind the arc i mean there's so many different ways that you can incorporate the two bomb that that those mlo guys have got to be thinking about how they can do it
0: the moment lyle gets his first two bomb i think lacrosse twitter might just break and you'll have to blow into the cartridge
1: I don't think Twitter is going to exist anymore. <laughs> you know, people are going to be tweeting about it is going to be insane.
0: It is going to blow up the internet. Just like I thought if if RP3 finished that one move against uh I think it was against Chrome. No, it was the first game against Cannons. If he would have finished that and scored, I I don't know if Sports Center's account would have existed anymore. I don't know if anything would have existed because that move would have been a Hall of Fame worthy finish. My whole section turned and looked at me
1: when that happened because I literally just all night it was just it was insane, one of the best moves I've ever seen, and I was so upset that he missed the shot. I wanted that to be a highlight that I
0: saw. It would have been absolutely ridiculous. Um, he's he just fit into that Redwoods team seamlessly, and it's very exciting, uh, just for the league in general for Redwoods fans. And uh, I think this weekend's going to be, like you said, it's going to be electric. I think there's going to be highlight real goals. I think there's going to be, you know, some scraps. I think there's going to be some beef on the field a little bit. I think there's going to be some shit talking out there. And that's what makes this league so much fun because it is so interactive. You you feel like you're right on top of the action. And uh, I can't wait for that first face-off at 7 p.m. DJ, it has been an absolute blast having you on. Uh I'm certain it won't be the last time because you know the game like the back of your hand. Uh, We'll definitely have to have you back on throughout the season. Keep doing your thing, man. And uh, I saw you're going to be in D.C., so we'll definitely have to catch up at the championship game. No doubt about it.
1: Hey, man, appreciate you for having me on. It's been awesome. And, uh, you know, you were teaching me a couple things, too, about the game as well. Um, I try and keep up as much as I can, but, you know, I'll be around to be on anytime you want. I mean, I'm free. Literally any day from 4 p.m. on, I am good to go. So if you ever need anyone or, you know, you need an extra person to come on, just let me know. It was an honor being on. I had such a great time.
0: Hey, we will will definitely be in touch. And uh, as they always say, Roll Woods, this has been episode number 171 of the Outside the Box podcast, part of the Underground Sports Philadelphia podcast network. Shout out to our sponsors, Tomahawk Shades, uh, Stateside Vodka, and Kenwood Beer. Check all of them out at their respective websites. Make sure you guys follow us on social media at OTB, LaxPod, Twitter, and Instagram. DJ, drop your uh, your socials as well for the people so they can follow you.
1: Yeah, uh, you can find me on Facebook at Dejon Hughes. Um, you can also look up Dejon Hughes on YouTube. That's where my YouTube page is. I'll be posting uh, the vlog that I make of my uh, man cave on there as well. Instagram is D E E dot or dot J underscore 12 and Instagram or Twitter is capital S capital C lowercase s underscore next great. Those are all my socials.
0: Follow DJ. You can follow us at OTB lax pod, Twitter and Instagram. You can follow me on Twitter at KBI Z Z L three one one. Follow Harrison on Twitter at Harry GK 83 and follow Dom on Twitter at watch lifestyle And make sure you guys check out the website, undergroundsportsphiladelphia.com, for all of our written content. And subscribe, subscribe, subscribe to the podcast. Leave those five-star ratings and reviews on Apple Podcasts with your predictions for Atlanta weekend, what you think uh, is going to happen with some of these revenge games going down, all that good stuff. Five stars only because we have standards. We know you do too, and we know they're five stars. You can also check us on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, the TuneIn app, iHeartRadio, Odyssey, Wherever you get your podcasts, we are there. We'll be back on Monday to recap Atlanta weekend and anything else that comes up in the news. Hopefully, no more bitten fingers. And uh, like I said, this has been episode number 171 of the Outside the Box podcast, part of the Underground Sports Philadelphia Podcast Network. For DJ, I'm KB. We'll catch you guys next episode. Peace.